Welcome to Into the Yes. I'm Marissa Fay, a functional nutritionist and holistic wellness practitioner. And I'm Jen Nickel, a movement witch and intuitive Reiki master. You are in the right place if you're ready to question society's wellness standards and prepared to be inspired to make changes that are right for you. Join us as we get into the yes. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, so today we started chatting about, before we hit record, (laughs) the idea of easy versus hard. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into this because I feel like Jen, you brought this up and Mm -hmm. I think it's brilliant because I think there are a lot of things in life where we place value on them based on their easiness or hardness. And so I'm just curious to like, start with this idea. Like, what are you, what are your thoughts on this easy versus hard? Right. So I take it right just today when it was on my mind, I take it right into the category of, um, exercise or fitness Mm -hmm. or yoga. Um, an easy class versus a hard class and the value that's placed into those things. Um, you know, and it's, it's a conversation that's come up with fellow yoga instructors, mainly the instructors that teach a class that outside viewers view as easy. I'm doing air quotes because (laughs) in, in that, in, in that, definition or that perception of it is based on the movements that are happening in it, not on the internal work that's happening. I just want to clarify that. Totally. Right. But, um, and, and being less attracted to a class that has been labeled as easy because it's, it's then labeled as not as effective. And what is the effective effective? What, what is that that you're that we're seeking when we go into it and oh go ahead (laughs) so i was just going to say because i feel like this is a good example and i'm curious to have you delineate a little bit for people like what what kind of is the difference between like a yin and a yang practice because that's what we're talking about like yin kind of these more passive um practices that are inspired by moon energy and yang these typically more active movement practices inspired by sun energy, but can you give us some more kind of guardrails for that? Because I think people can relate to that, even if they're not yoga people, right? Right. So, you know, the extreme of it would be a power yoga class, which is, um, you might also hear vinyasa termed and vinyasa, vinyasa basically means just following the breath. You move with each breath. Um, basically, so your inhale, reach up, exhale, fold forward, inhale, half lift, that sort of process there um, so that you're moving with the breath and there's a continuous flow through the class. So you're very active during the class, most likely sweating. And then um, with the power classes, you'll see things thrown in where like the one that stands out to me is there's usually an arm balance thrown in there. Yes. I was also um, thinking there's also push-ups in your chaturanga, right? So yes. Add push-ups or hold the plank longer. Um, what would be another thing? Hold chair yeah. pose a little longer. More lunges, like all of a sudden. So there are poses like crescent where, you know, you're in a lunge position with your arms overhead and all of a sudden now you're doing a bunch of lunges, like 
Right. Because it's not enough to just hold that. Right. Or you're going into more complicated poses um, and you're holding them. So against gravity. So there's, you know, that isometric feeling. So there's that version. So let's call that the hard class. And then the easier yin class would be actually yin yoga or restorative, mm -hmm. which is you've got yoga um, bolsters and blocks and blankets and you put yourself into a pose and then you are there for, I think the general rule of thumb is up to three minutes, depending on the class and the instructor. Yeah. Yin can be much longer, um, actually. Yeah. yeah. And so I teach both of those formats and I jokingly call it the yoga of props. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, right. Because, and for anyone who hasn't done that kind of practice, what I mean by props is just like, you know, blankets and pillows and cushions and things so that you can support your body in different ways that you might position yourself so that there's not a lot of strain on the body, right? It doesn't right. mean there's not a lot going on in the mind or with the breath, but the, the goal is that the body has more ease, more support. Yeah. It's supported in the pose. So you're not feeling like that extreme, um, range of motion that you would in maybe a more active yoga class. And what's odd about this is that a lot of people and myself included for many years as somebody who practiced yoga before I taught it is I was definitely the person who would be like, oh, if I'm going to yoga for my workout, which that's the first red flag, right? <laughs> right. If I'm going to yoga for my workout, I've got to, I've got to sweat. I've got to like, feel like I got that in. And so I would gravitate towards power and certain vinyasa flow classes, because some teachers who teach that format actually it's not something that might make most of us sweat, you know, and it still is that practice, but I would gravitate towards really active things. And I would not count, you know, that the more kind of easy quote marks that we're labeling today as, as my workout, right. Similar right. with other exercise, right? Like I was a spin Absolutely. instructor. And so spin, that's a super high, hard, challenging workout for me. But then I wouldn't count a long walk as a workout, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like same, there are parallels with like all kinds of movement that we might draw here about like. Right. Well, in the bar world and, you know, at the studio, the way I taught, the, the instructors that were considered the hard instructors, those were the most popular classes. Like if your legs were like jello walking out, that's the class you wanted to be in. Um, and it, it's like gets chatted up more. Oh my gosh, did you do a so-and-so's class? Oh my God, it was so hard. And then everyone wants to be there because there's something in us that has decided that the harder, the better, the more we push, the better, you know? And why is that? What is the underlying thing? That was going to be my question. Why, what do you think? I think it's why? aesthetics. Hmm. I think that it has to do with well, if I'm spending this amount of time, I'm here to burn calories, build muscle, you know, all of those things in there, burn fat, um, you know, the, the marketing <laughs> words that are used for, for fitness. Yeah. The like no pain, no gain. Right. Right. Yeah. And then you see people, 
you know, I remember watching this in classes and also as a selling point for some classes, uh, like so this separate. class, you can burn Topic, up to 500 calories like in. What like that was one of the selling things in. And Everyone's got their that, Apple but, Watch and they're um, checking it. But. And they're so looking at it immediately it back after class easy versus to hard. see where it was and it's then posting a, a picture a, of it. It's another place to bring awareness you, within you, yourself. You like, why is it I'm tools. only attracted to a certain style? What is that going on for me? Well, and I have the question here of like, what about when we lay this easy versus hard framework on other areas of our life? Yeah. Because I agree. I do think in fitness, you know, we've been trained that like hard means better. Hard yeah. means I got an actual workout, right? Hard means my body's going to look like someone on a magazine, right? Like if it's not hard, then it didn't do anything, right? It's kind of that. But I even use that to describe rock hard abs. Right, literally. But I'm curious if we take that and we apply it to like other aspects of our life, is does it hold true? Let's see. Okay, so because it kind of naturally, my brain goes in, in two directions. So I'll give you the first and then I'll give you the next one. So the first one is when it comes to nutrition, mm-hmm. when it comes to how you nourish your body with, with certain foods or without certain foods, what do you think there? Like, is there something about it being hard that there's more achievement, more worthiness, more benefit if it's hard? Um, there might be that there. I've worked a lot on this in myself. So I'll tell you what initially comes up for me is that it's almost the opposite. If I want it to be easy, if it feels hard, it's not going to happen. I agree. And I was actually thinking about like, if it feels really hard, it actually, there is a physiological, physical impact from us being like, ooh, this is going to be hard yeah. that you cannot muscle through when it comes to these small little choices throughout your day, right? You can muscle through it in a workout maybe because it's like, you've got that adrenaline flowing, that cortisol, these are stress hormones that help you really get up and get going fast. You have that going and you can do that for 45 minutes, right? May not be the healthiest thing for you, but you can do it. When it comes to choices about what you're, you know, fueling your body with, those are for some of us, it's a choice you're making every, every hour, right? Because you have some kind of conditioning of wanting to eat every hour and maybe that's what your body needs and maybe it isn't right. And for some of us, it's around like, you know, in the grocery store, every aisle you go down, right? So it's not just like one moment in your day. It's lots of moments. And I think if it feels hard, like really hard, there's a lot of safety safety measures in your body that are perceiving that as a danger. And they're going to be like, nope. And I think for some of us, that's how we get into some disordered patterns. But that's not to say that sometimes when you're making choices for your health, they might not have a tinge of hard. Right. I mean, there are hard things. Sometimes there are hard choices you have to make. Even there's, it's a hard choice to go to a yin class if you don't even feel like moving at all. So you know, there's, that's, that's a piece to call in. I think sometimes it's like, sometimes just acknowledging something is hard. Yeah. But and yeah, I you think, make those choices. I think we actually want more ease. 
We do. I was going to say, in the word easy is ease. And when things feel easeful, th it's spacious and expansive, right? Mm -hmm. This has me curious of like, for you, what does feel easy for you right now in life? What does feel easy for me right now? Or what feels hard? <laughs> well, it feels easy for me to be myself. It feels hard for me to stray outside of that. Mm. It feels hard for me to do something that doesn't f align with who I am or what what my inner self is wanting. That's kind of abstract, but that's that's what comes to mind. That hearing you say that gives me the flash of like so much of the of the disconnect that I felt in certain professional roles I had where it wasn't cool to be myself. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't cool to like ask questions or have certain opinions. Um, and that felt really, really hard. And in that hard, you know, I had really low mood. I had ways I wasn't taking care of myself that I normally enjoy taking care of myself. You know, I had all of these ways that like my body, mind and energy were signaling to me, like you need a different choice. Yeah. Right? And I am actually curious about laying that on top of the exercise paradigm, because one of the hardest things that I have to do is tell my clients that they have to stop exercising. That's a tough one, right? Because that is scary to them. Now, is your advice stop exercising or exercise move differently? Yeah. So it's, I say stop exercising because exercise to me carries a formal connotation. Like, yes, the word, right? Like when you hear the word exercise, you're not like, oh, a walk. Right. Oh, some stretches on my mat. Right. That's no. why I, I refer to it as movement. Right. Right. Or it's not like dancing around your kitchen. Right. Like, no, yeah. it's like you're in a gym, you're doing something intense. You're on a bike going fast, fast, fast. You're running. Right. It feels like something separate, but yes. movement is you're just like, we're moving while we talk right now. Literally that. Yes. So the reason I kind of layer that together and it has an association for me is because people can recognize a job that they're in. That's not, that's too hard. Right. It should not be impacting their mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic well-being as much as it is because your job doesn't pay for all of those things, frankly. Like that's how I see it. You know, the work that you do is not paying for all of that energy and and the way you're, it overtakes you, right? And to some extent that we let it overtake us, but also it can just be the, the environment and the impact it has on you. Well, guess what? Exercising over-exercising, doing more than your body is really needing and wanting you to do also affects all of those things. It does, but we are trained to ignore it because we must keep pushing. Well, that- and I don't mean that, you know, I'm using, no. I'm saying that facetiously. Totally. <laughs> well, and also we have been told over and over again, how are you healthy? You're healthy if you eat a certain small amount of food you're healthy if you formally exercise a certain number of times a day, right? And yeah. you're healthy if you weigh a certain amount. 
that's ingrained in us. So whenever most of my clients are women. So whenever I work with someone and it's just like their body is sending us all these signals that guess what hard, anything hard in their life, whether it is their job, whether it is relationships they have, whether it is something in their living environment, whether it is their exercise habits, like all of these things registered and are taking away from their well-being, all of them. From ease. Literally that, yes. Right. That just made me feel like when you said all of those things, how restrictive, like where it's such a small restrictive window that we're in and it creates this mindset of like, no matter how hard this gets, I, I need to put up with it. I need to, I have to do it in work or in, you know, if you've decided like I have reached a size that is unacceptable and no matter how hard it is for me to follow this, this food plan that I've designed, this fitness plan that I'm, or that someone else has designed and told me will work, then I have to do it no matter how I feel about it. I must do it or, and how restrictive that is and hard, hard. No wonder why when that happens, we fail. And then we think, oh my God, I suck. I couldn't do it. I'm lazy. I can't do this. Or there's something wrong with me because I can't just put up with this and do it like other people are doing it. Well, so I think in that too, is this idea that we're connecting such a value to easy or hard. Yeah. Like there's some core belief that a lot of us share related to that of like, it's not going to work if it's not hard. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of where it comes from for me. And what if, what if we flip that though? Like if you don't work hard, you don't get a result hard work produces whatever it is you're working on. And if you're not working hard, you're not productive. And then productive members of society are held at a higher right. Okay. Well, this reminds me of the Kim Kardashian (laughs) quote. So Kim Kardashian recently said something in like a Forbes magazine interview or something like that, where she said, they said, what is your advice to women entrepreneurs, women, business owners. And she said, get off your ass and work. I feel like everyone is, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, I feel like everyone's so lazy now. No one wants to do the hard work, blah, 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 blah is the quote. And I remember hearing that quote a couple of weeks ago and being like, fuck no, fuck no. (laughs) Is what I have to say to that. I used to be even more type A perfectionist, go-getter, I literally, most of my roles in my career in the public health world were, I was the person who made sure it got done. That was like my job. And I would coordinate all different kinds of people and experts and professionals and all that. And I would get it done. I was such a high performer, high achiever, make it happen. Mm -hmm. And guess what? When I shifted to running my own business and spending more time running my own business, I learned that does not feel good. Right. And that does not produce results in my business that I really want. And so I learned actually that it's about taking informed action and it's about taking care of my mind and body and my energy, tuning into that and working with the natural flow of my own energy. 
mm-hmm. of what feels good for me, of what feels easy. Right? right. And of course there's always going to be a dose of like, I call it like best friend energy of like, you know, sometimes we can procrastinate a little to an nth degree. We can put something off that it's like, Hey, you've been putting this off for so long. You've now created a bigger issue. Like the loving thing to do, the self-care thing to do is to just, just pause, set a timer and spend 20 minutes on it today. Right. So it's not to say that every moment is like, ah, piece of cake. So easy. Right. Like Mm -hmm. even in my own personal care routine, like I have a very strong morning routine where I try not, I try, I do most mornings. I wake up, I meditate, I work out, I get outside, I eat a good breakfast. That's like my routine. Right. And there are some days where my body just says, Nope, you don't need, you don't need to work out today. Nope. You don't need the walk today. Like, Nope. You just today, you need to just take your time this morning, read your book, eat a good breakfast, give yourself a little space. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are also times where then I just keep going to that option. And it's not really the thing that serves me the best or ultimately brings me the most ease. It just feels like that's what I want to do. Right. And it's like an internal prompt that you get, right? That, that allows you to say, okay, this is different from me one day, my body telling me I don't need this today versus an avoidance. So here's a nuance that I am curious about with that. Because to me, the words ease and easy have slightly different feeling to them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Right? So it's interesting that we, we started out our conversation talking about hard and easy, and then we went to ease. Mm-hmm. And we went to ease versus hard. Right. Um, yeah. Well, ease, I don't know. I said it before. It feels looser, more expansive less confining, easy feels, it almost has a little more negative feeling to it, doesn't it? Like, eh, like a cop-out. Easy to me feels momentary. It's kind of like the difference between happy and content for me. Like easy versus ease. It's like easy feels momentary. It's like what you feel right now in this moment. Ease is like, it's a long game. Yeah. And you've brought this up before. (laughs) (laughs) whereas like happy happy is a a fleeting emotion in a moment yep right content Content is the long haul expansive ease and expansive i like that yeah i like that it feels good and it makes a lot of sense so okay so you're talking about like work now you and i don't have a traditional job nine to five now i mean i've been there you've been there um, how does someone who is, you know, this is a, this is a loaded question because how do we even answer this? But you might have a good answer. Mm-hmm. I don't, you have to get to work. You have to, you don't have a choice. This is how you put food, food on the table. This is how your family is able to maybe even just take a vacation or whatever it is. And you have to go there and do it. Um, how do you find ease within that? You know, um, of course, there's going to be moments, anything we have to do, eventually we f- don't feel like we want to be doing, right? I don't know. Maybe maybe too bold to say anything, but um, 
but there's going to be feelings there that don't feel easy or easeful and where you do have to push through a day or a week or whatever it is, you know, depending on what your job is. Um, what do we, what do we do about that? <laughs> I have thoughts. So yeah, here's the thing we are talking in like a, a two option system right now. And we have to acknowledge that there's actually space between the two options. And I actually feel that the yogic principle of non-attachment is useful here. So it's, it's a principle that's in yoga. It's a principle in certain meditation traditions. You probably know a variation of it in something you've learned about outside of that world and people listening same, Mm -hmm. but non-attachment is such a gift and it really is a superpower. I think Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you can learn to do it, right? Yes. If you can learn to do it, which is to say that like understanding what is in your control and what is your responsibility and what to be attached to, right. And Mm -hmm. understanding what's outside of that. Right. And a lot of things at our work are actually not our responsibility. Right. But we take it on. Like I know as a manager, you know, if my team came in and it seemed like someone was in a bad mood, oof, I would take it on. Yep. Right. Um, if there was a tense meeting that happened about a mistake someone else on the team made, oof, our team is not doing well, right? Like I would take it on. Um, you know, requests from a manager outside of typical business hours, you know, I would do the thing of like looking at the email at night, not a good idea, unless that's a clear expectation at your job. So sometimes there are conversations that need to happen where you clarify expectations, right? Is it an expectation that I check my email on the weekend? Right. Or it might only be a conversation with yourself, right? Of like, totally. do I have to respond to this text instantly? Does the person on the other end feel like they need a response from me now? Will things fall apart? Or can I say, um, yeah, I'll, I'll have an answer for you on Monday and then give space around that. I, yeah, it's a good point to, to look at the, you know, there's that, that B word that we hear out in the world a lot now is boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which could well, be a whole nother episode. Totally. And it I will be. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I would say, you know, I actually struggle with this sometimes more in my current role because I am dealing with, you know, people's complex health issues. Mm-hmm. And I do feel a little bit more pressure to be on more. Um, whereas other roles I've had where it's like, you know, there was a job where I worked within kind of the school calendar and it was like, you know, people in schools aren't checking their email on the weekend. They're just not. So like some are right, but there's not an expectation. Right. Right. And so like, I need to release that because yeah, the one person who's doing that and kind of ruining it for everyone else and adding stress, I don't need to take that on because Every office has that person. Every job has that person for the record. Every workplace has the person who's sending an email at 9 p.m. on a Friday. Right. You do not have to respond to that email. You don't. Nope. Unless it has been clearly stated in this role, you will be expected to respond to all emails and texts within five minutes of receiving them. 
Right. Or unless, and then you might want to look elsewhere. (laughs) Yes. Or unless you work a non-traditional schedule, you know, I have friends who work uh, the night shift or work a, I think it's a dawn shift is what they call it. So like, yeah, whatever your work hours, let it match your shift. Yes. (laughs) But you know, and then you have things in place that are like, if it's urgent and I do this with my clients too, if it's urgent, here's what to do. Yeah. Because you do not want to be on the hook for all the mental, emotional space that it takes up to constantly be checking in, to be wondering if you're going to get something, to not enjoy your life. Right. Well, and- we had this come up in my previous job um, in the schools where we had, you know, a, a principal of a school that would email all hours. And I'm like, well, just because she's up doing that doesn't mean you need to be like, just don't respond. If you respond, it continues because it then, as soon as you respond, that's, that's you permitting it to continue. That's your consent. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm over here. Look, ready. Here's a pro tip. If you are someone who is a manager or can set the tone where you work, delay send. Delay send. You, if you want to work at 9 p.m. on a Saturday, go for it. Yeah. But anything that your team might see delay send until they're expected to be in the office. Yeah. So I have a question for you since you said it, or now it's a little different in your role. Um, you know, like, are there moments when you're happy to answer it in like whatever you've decided are off hours? Like your the boundaries and the hours and the time might depend on what you're in the middle of at that time and how you feel at that time. Is that how you have it set up for yourself? And totally. how do you gauge when it, when it feels invasive to be interacting in that way and when it feels easeful to you to be interacting in that way? Yeah. So I try to maintain hours to the outside world that are in alignment with traditional business hours. So depending on the day, like nine to five or eight to four is when Mm -hmm. I allow myself to be fully accessible and on. And I'll tell you this, like there are some days where clients are, are reaching out or messaging me and I'm in back-to-back sessions. And it's something that is a, it's just a question that I'll definitely get back to in 24 to 48 hours, but doesn't need an immediate response. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, really what I've noticed for me is it's the difference between a client who is seeming to take personal responsibility versus a client who is fully relying on me. Like I'm some Yoda guru. Gotcha. Right. Uh, where, and that's because the latter person is usually panicky and I can feel their panic in the way that they communicate to me. And with those people, I stick to my boundaries a lot more of like, these are my work hours, even though you messaged me at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday and I saw it, I will not respond yet, you know, because there's, there's an energetic exchange there. Yep. And of course, if it's something urgent, I'm responding. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, if it's something not urgent, it's like, okay, we let's both practice taking a breath. Yep. You know, but it's. A feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know is like not super helpful for some people, but yeah, it's more and more become a feeling. And there are certain clients who I, I get them. I understand their energy. I know they're not reaching out, you know, like even they will preface what they're reaching out with. Like, Hey, this is not time sensitive. Um, you know, and I so appreciate that. Like the client who's like, Hey, 
I know we talked about me like avoiding this or that thing. I was just thinking about it more and curious if you could like share a little bit more about like why no rush, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, oh, I had a friend who brought up this supplement and I'm just curious about it. Do you think it'd be supportive for me? Like that, those kinds of things, I'm, I'm never mad about that. Right. Or yeah. never, those kinds of questions don't ever feel like they weigh me down or tax me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the people truly who are in the stress spiral. And like everything just stresses them out and everything is another reason to stress. And, you know, like, and that's for their own good too, that they, the pause. Yeah. Cause sometimes if I just wait a few hours to respond to them, it's resolved Mm -hmm. because you gave it space. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we just need space, you know, sometimes we do need space, which is what ease is, right? Ease is space. You know, there's this little practice that. Um, every once in a while, I'll remember to include it in a class. Um, and it's guidance to not go as far as you can. Let's just pretend that we're all seated in like a straddle position on the floor, assuming that that's where you would want to (laughs) be and you're there in a class. And the, you know, the guidance here is to go halfway, not all the way, you're halfway. So just before you feel that stretchy sensation and notice what you feel there. So like we're so conditioned to always push to the limit that we miss all the places in between. And this is where I feel like a yoga practice, a movement practice, an intentional and mindful movement practice is exactly that. It's practicing these skills in a safe, and contained environment so that when you leave the mat, when you go out into life, you've already practiced that and you've actually practiced it physically, mentally, and emotionally. So that uh, reminds me because that's one area you can practice it, right? But I have the curiosity of like giving people if they want it, the homework of like, where in your life can you practice a little more ease? Yeah. So that you can start conditioning your yourself to what that experience is like, because I do wonder and have the curiosity if a lot of us just don't even know what that feels like. Right. Like, you know, if I, uh, I'm going to bring it back to movement again, cause that's, that's how I teach. But, um, what is it like to bring a little more ease into the next movement class you show up at? What if you're in a spin class or a bar class mm-hmm. and you just for that one class, um, you don't crank the bike, the tension up as high. You, you start at lower and keep it lower. You mindfully choose a little bit less and just see how it feels as a curiosity. I mean, it's kind of fun to see. Like, okay, I didn't, I know what it feels like to push the limit. What does it feel like to go to 60% or 65%? Um, Or the same thing, like bar class, like don't hold the weights or go less and give that a try and see what comes up around all of that. In the moment, see what comes up, but also later. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a possibly a 24 hour effect to that. 
And I would really wonder, like, did sleep change? Does your energy level later in the day change? You know, like there are all these ways that just these small, seemingly small shifts can make a difference. Yeah, I think so. And I think, did you find ease within that? Mm -hmm. It's scary to change how you do things. So there's going to be an initial like, oh, but I have to push hard. And what? here's where my brain would have gone back in the day when I was uh, like, I must perform at my highest level at all times. Like that instructor's going to think I'm weak. Like it, like you think you're in your mind of like, like you think the instructor is noticing just you. <laughs> we don't, by the way, right? Oh, so true. Yeah, as an instructor, but, yeah. But that was in my mind, like, or they'll think that I'm, I'm not trying today or that I'm weak or, you know, and there's that, that's another topic too, but well, and we so you, you can kind of put, give yourself a little bit of space around that fear of like, wait a minute, does that matter though? Okay. I can put the weights down. That's a victory. That's empowering myself to choose in this moment. Ease. Yeah, I like that. I, something that popped into my head is the idea of like when to choose hard, which is mm -hmm. probably a whole follow-up episode to this. So I'll put a pin in that, but just say that like, there are times where you may choose hard. That makes sense. But I do think culturally, especially women, we maybe are not choosing ease enough. No, we're not taught to, we're taught right? And it's emphasized that you push through things. You just do, right? So with that said, what is your yes for today? The yes for the day. You know, I always get stumped at this point I know. Of, of the conversation. And I wonder what that is all about. It's like, oh, wait, because now I have to go back and remember what I said. Right. I'm like, it's like you don't know it's coming, maybe. <laughs> I know it's coming. In fact, now I'm now I'm at the point where I'm going, oh crap, she's gonna ask me what my yes is. And I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let me find ease in the moment. Right, yeah, there and you go. Say yes to finding ease. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? I think my yes is to explore if there's a space for a bit more ease in some of the other areas of my life because I've got a good balance right now with exercise and with nutrition and all of that. Um, but I'm, I'm actually thinking about like some of my relationships. Mm -hmm. Is there an opportunity to find some more ease there? I like that. Yeah. Um, I, the one piece that I really liked was your description of the word ease versus easy and happy versus content. And so I want to explore that with myself a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just thinking on that, a thinking point and a journaling point for myself. So is it a yes? It's a yes to doing that, exploring <laughs> that. <laughs> I like that. I want to know what you what you discover. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Where can people find you if they want more? They can find me on Instagram at Jen Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-09. Awesome. And I'm on Instagram at Marissa Faye Wellness. We're so glad you tuned in today and we can't wait to continue the conversation in another episode. Absolutely. Woohoo. Yay. <laughs>